Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad that you're here today. It's good to be together in God's house to worship the Lord together, and it's great to be with God's people to do that. Uh, we welcome everyone. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us, and we're glad that you're here and, and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. <clears throat> Let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets that we have on each row. We'd like to ask if you would, if, if you wouldn't mind, to uh, take those and fill them out so we could have a record of your attendance with us. Uh, just put your name, address, phone number, check the appropriate box on there. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter that comes out every Thursday, uh, please put your email address on there, and we'll get you on that list. It's a great way to keep up with the activities and opportunities for worship and, and service and uh, fellowship here at Community Baptist Church. Uh, speaking of which, let me uh, draw uh, to your attention a few announcements that we have. Um, we will not be having our worship team today. I know it, it says that we will in our um, uh, bulletin, but we will not be having our worship team or our youth meeting, our youth advisory meeting today. There's a conflict during that time, so we will not be having that this afternoon, but we will be rescheduling that at a, at a later date. Uh, also, um, please remember we are in the midst of our Unleashed Debt Reduction Campaign, um, and so let me ask, many of you have received a letter from me, those of you who are members and, and regular givers to our church. You've received a, letters, a letter from me and uh, with a form on there for you to fill out and return. Let me uh, encourage you to go ahead and return those estimate forms. These are estimates for what you might give towards our debt reduction over the next three years. And go ahead and get those forms in as soon as you can. And uh, go ahead and start working towards meeting those, those goals that you have made. Uh, we are already seeing a significant uh, dent in the, uh, in the debt that we have. And so we're, we're looking forward to that day when we can uh, say we, we no longer have that. So please help us along, those, those way, along that way. Also, one other thing, uh, we began our Lenten lunch series this past Wednesday. We, uh, the the uh, first week was at First Christian Church. This is a wonderful opportunity. It's a great way to be ecumenical and, and to share our, our worship and our faith with other Christians and other denominations in our community. Uh, last week was at First Christian Church. And this week, we will be hosting the Lenten lunch event on Wednesday at noon. Uh, it's, we start out with a, about a half an hour worship service and then followed by lunch. And it's a great time to fellowship with Christians from all around uh, the Henderson area. So we invite you to come and to be a part of that. Uh, Lana Hopgood is in charge of that, and she, would, she could probably use some volunteers and some help and some financial uh, help as well to uh, fray some of the expenses. So see, see Lana, and she'll take care of that. You know, someone has said that the problem with the church today is that we are sitting in the premises when we should be standing on the promises. Uh, so let me invite you now to stand and let us greet one another in the name of Christ, and then we will sing the song, Standing on the Promises.
Please pray with me. Designer and sustainer of life, you are with us every step we take and with every person we meet. You are with us in the gifts that create life and in the blessings we receive. In all those signs of resurrection, we hope and we pray that we recognize your presence. But we also know that you are with us in the hard times of life, in the good Fridays of life, the days that do not, uh, that, that, that we know not only marked on a calendar, but whenever suffering and pain swallow us or, or someone that we love. You are with us when the foundation crumbles around us, when we are scared or shattered or sad. And we pray without urging, if not without ceasing. Remind us that you are not the source of our pain, but that you are always with us through our pain. For you are where love is. God, we claim your loving presence for those who are anxious or fearful today. Be their gentle healer. Collect their tears in your hands, O God. Let them feel your presence beside them, steadying their hearts until they breathe as one with you. And give us strength to let go of all that holds us back from entering the sufferings of others. And remind us, O God, that nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of Christ Jesus our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. as old and feeble as I am, they get used to uh, getting some younger people up here, but I just love to talk, as most of you know. <laughs> I really love to talk, and someday I'm going to ask Gary if he never has a down day, because I've never seen him without a smile on his face, and I appreciate that. In Philippians, the fourth chapter, in the 19th verse, says, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's a pretty big statement, you know. And I want to share with you something that happened to me. Uh, it's been, oh, several years ago when I was able to walk. And I had a neighbor who lived next door to me, and she and I loved to go up to the river walk and walk. And so we decided we'd do that. We were going to a neighbor's house to eat supper. And I had a little car, a little Oldsmobile. And so we got in the car and started home, came down Green Street, turned off on Washington, feeling like we could whip anything that got in our way. You know that feeling? You know, I've got it. And I looked out my side and I saw this big black Cadillac coming up side street. I'm going down Washington. And I thought, she's going to get me. And just about that time, she did. I mean, totally demolished my little car. Now, 
you know, I live alone, got a good neighbor, and I thought, what do I do now? There was no insurance on my car. There was very little money in the bank, very little. I was living alone. My car was gone, completely gone. Where do I go from here? And I thought, well, I'm not going to panic because my God is bigger than anything in this whole wide world. He made it, for goodness sake. And so I thought, well, I'll worry about it in two or three days. In the meantime, a friend of mine called me. And he said, I understand you're looking for a car. And I said, yes, I am. And he said, I know somebody that's got one. It's been well cared for, been kept in a garage, only driven on Sunday. (laughs) That's my language, you know. And so he said, here's the number, call it. I did. And this person said, yeah, I got a car for sale. Uh, You come get it and keep it two or three days and see what you think about it. Well, I went and got it, and it was dismayed to me. Oh, it was a pretty car. I went and got it. Meantime, we file insurance against this lady who comes outside the street and eats my car. Would you believe in less than a week we had the insurance filed, the insurance on her car paid, and how much do you think I had left? Fifty cents. <laughs> now, you know, you heard me last week say, it's amazing what God can do. That's just one. I got about 50 of those. <laughs> now, God can put us out of debt. He really, really can. So you think about it, and when somebody comes out and eats you up, and you don't know which way to turn, you just get on your knees if you can. And ask him to send you whatever it is that you need. Thank you. Well, amen, sister.
Our scripture reading today is found in Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 12, and verse 17 and 18. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. Then he said, I am the Lord who brought you from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? He said to them, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. He brought him all these and cut them in two, laying each half over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. And when birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and a deep and terrifying darkness descended upon him. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. This is the word of the Lord. Am I on? Yep. Hi. How are y'all? Okay. I have something in this bag that I promise, I promise, are some of the best books I've ever read. I promise they are. Do you believe me? Yeah? You believe me? Why? Why do you believe me? Because I tell you. Thank you. They are some of the best books I have ever read. Maybe you've read them too. The Giving Tree. Have you read this book? Alexander and the No Good, Horrible, Very Bad, Very Bad Day. I love that book. The Gift of Nothing. Have you read The Gift of Nothing? It's a great book. 
and love you forever. Maybe your parents gave you this book. My mom gave me this one. And my favorite book of all, my Bible. Okay. Yeah. There were some really good books in there. Huh. Okay. What's in this bag? I promise you that what's in this bag is heavy. (laughs) I promise you what's in this bag is heavy. Do you believe me? Yes. Why? Because it looked heavy, didn't it? All right, well, what about this? Is that heavy? No, that's not real heavy, is it? Well, hmm. What about what about this one? Is this one heavy? Is that one oh, kind of? <laughs> and he takes it kind of. They are kind of heavy. Whoops, girls! Now be careful, because those things are—it's eight pounds. That's heavy to me. I promise that what's in this bag is yummy. Do you believe me? Do you believe me? Why? Why do you believe me? Why do you believe me? Why do you believe that what's in this, that me telling you what's in this bag is really yummy? Because you trust me. Why do you trust me? Because I don't, I try not to tell lies. Not on purpose anyway. Because did I promise you what was in this was good books? Did I promise you what was in this bag was heavy? So, so do you assume that what's in this bag when I say I promise it's something yummy? That it's something yummy? Because I've kept my promises so far, haven't I? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. It is something yummy. Sorry, Mark. I'm sorry you're not here. (laughs) So, yeah. It's something yummy. At least, I think it's something yummy. Oops. Sorry, Tim. I just pulled the microphone off. You know what? As... I have just the right amount. Thank you, God. (laughs) You know what? Now, you guys got to wait until at least you get upstairs. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Wait until you get upstairs. Now, I can tell you that I promise all of that stuff. But God makes us better promises. God makes us bigger and better promises. And God always keeps God's promise. Always. When God says, I promise to take care of you, as Miss Velda told us this morning, God will take care of us. If God promises to always love us, God will always love us. God has promised to always forgive us when we make mistakes. 
God will always forgive us. When God promises to be with us, God always is with us. So people around here, I can make you promises and I will do my best to keep those promises. But God always keeps God's promises. Now there are sometimes, like Miss um, Velda told us this morning, she wasn't real sure when that lady whacked her in the car and her car just got totaled out in those few days. She wasn't exactly sure what, how God was going to fix that. So in the midst of things going a little wacky, we're not sure how God is going to fix it. But God always takes care of us. Always. Remember that. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for always keeping your promises. That you will always love us that you will always forgive us, that you will always be with us. Thank you for being our God and for loving us. And God, just so you know, we love you too. Amen. Thank you.
Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come together today. And um, we thank you for each and every individual here, Lord. And uh, we just thank you for the love that you lavish upon us. And just help us as we uh, enter this time of, of attempting to reduce our debt, Lord. Just help us to let go of of those things that we know are not necessities, those things that we know we truly don't need, Lord. And um, everything we have is yours. And just help us to turn that back over to you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.
You know, I'm kind of bad at um, always wanting to have something in the background, music playing. I, when I'm at work, I have it on. When I'm in my car, I'm playing it. But even when I'm walking, I have my headphones on. But there comes a time each day when you lay down and you're quiet. And uh, that's why I like this song. The Lord can talk to me in a special way then. Thank you, Tim. What a wonderful song. That's something that's hard for us to do, isn't it, to be still. Uh, you know, our lives are so hectic and 
so fast-paced, it's hard for us to be still and know that God is God. And we're grateful for those opportunities that we can. Thank you for sharing that with us, Tim. Uh, Also, thank you to Mary Rye for standing in for Mark today and for Heather McCormick for standing in for Jika today. Isn't it great to have a lot of good, talented people that we can fill these positions? And we're so grateful for your your gifts and for sharing those gifts for us uh, this morning and always. There's a story about an American soldier during World War II who lost his bayonet. And rather than face the consequences of admitting that he lost his bayonet, he carved an excellent facsimile out of wood and placed it in his scabbard. Well, for weeks he went about his duties carrying this fake bayonet. And he was safe from getting into trouble as long as his deception went undetected. But one day, that much-dreaded order came from the sergeant. Fix bayonets, which meant he would have to show his bayonet. Thinking quickly, the soldier hatched a plan. When the order was given, he simply stood still, not moving a muscle. And so the sergeant demanded an explanation, and the soldier said, It's a promise that I made to my father. As my father lay on his deathbed, I told him I would never bear a bayonet on the anniversary of his death. Today is that day. And so the sergeant roared, that's the stupidest story I've ever heard. Let me see that bayonet. And so as the soldier somberly drew his bayonet, he loudly declared, for breaking a solemn promise, may the Lord turn this bayonet into wood. And with that, he drew his fake bayonet. Now, that was a quick-thinking soldier, but he was right about one thing. It is never a good thing to break a solemn promise. Our lesson for this second Sunday of Lent concerns a promise, a promise that God made to Abraham. Now, at the time this promise was made, Abraham was still known as Abram, And the writer of Genesis begins by saying this, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Now we might ask, after what? He begins by saying, after this. And so what is it that he's referring to that happened before Abram's vision? And I think it's important for us to know this. In the previous chapter, we see Abram in a very heroic light. It seems that his nephew, Lot, had been kidnapped by a plundering alliance of four kings and their followers who had defeated Sodom. But Abram raised up a small army and rescued Lot from these marauders. And afterwards, Abram met with Melchizedek, the great high priest, and gave him a tithe of all of the goods that he had captured from his enemies. He refused to take even a fraction of the goods which, he had, which had been plundered. And it was then that God comes to Abraham and says, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. That's interesting, don't you think? God is telling Abram, Don't be afraid. When he has just led an incredible military victory over four hostile kings, 
Abram should have been at the, at the, on, the, on top of the world at this point, but in spite of his victory, there was still a lingering concern in Abram's heart. In spite of the many victories that God had given him, he still had some reluctance in his relationship with God. You see, God had promised him that he would be the father of a great nation, and yet he and his wife Sarai were still childless, and Abram was growing impatient. Now, you need to know that being childless was seen as a sign of God's judgment in the Old Testament, and and Abram was concerned that a member of his household might have to one day become his heir. And this was not uncommon. This was a, a common practice that for a, a childless couple would adopt a servant, one of their servants, as their heir. And that person would become an heir. And Abram saw that as his only viable option in this situation because he had no child of his own. In his mind, God had forgotten God's promise. I mean, after all, he and Sarai were were getting old. They were getting up in age, and there were some things that, that not even God could change. And you certainly can't blame Abram for being concerned. So when God says to Abram, I am your shield, your very great reward, Abram responds to God like this. He says, Sovereign Lord, What can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will become my heir. In his infinite wisdom, Abram was trying to show God that as far as he could tell, this was the only way things could work out. This was their only option. God didn't come through, so Abram was saying, look, here's where things stand. The only possible way out of this situation is for me to choose my slave as an heir. Let me ask you something. You ever done that? Lord, I don't see any way out of this, so here's what you need to do. (laughs) We tell the infinite God What God must do. And then the word of the Lord came to Abram. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood. And then the Lord said to Abram, look up at at the sky and count the stars if you can. So shall your offspring be. And then the writer of Genesis adds these words. Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord credited it to him as righteousness. With the victory that God had given Abram over the four kings as a backdrop, we see how tenuous Abraham's faith really was. No matter how many times God had come through in the past, Abram still had a hard time trusting God in the present. And how often is that true of you and me? My friends, the greatest need that you and I have is the need to trust God. We've talked about this before, but it's true. 
our greatest need is to trust God. No matter how difficult our circumstances may be, God will never forget us and will never forsake us. There's a great scene in one of the Superman movies. I know that some of you grew up with Superman as your hero. That was my, my hero, Superman. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. But in this particular movie, Superman saved a man from a burning building, and he rescues him from the top floor of the building and is carrying him to safety by flying through the skies. And the, the man looks at Superman, looks down at the ground, and, and then he says, I'm scared, Superman. Look how far that is. And at that point, Superman gives him a great answer. It's an answer of faith. He said, if I delivered you from a burning fire, what makes you think I'm going to drop you when I'm carrying you to safety? That sounds so much like God's response to Abram, doesn't it? And it also sounds like God's response to you and me when we are about to lose heart. Have you ever felt desperate about a situation? You ever felt that your, your back was up against the wall? You, maybe you couldn't sleep at night because you were so worried about what was going on? Maybe it's something at work or one of your children or maybe your spouse or, or maybe it was you yourself who needed a miracle because there didn't seem to be a possible solution to your problem. Have you ever been in that situation? Well, the next time that happens, think about Superman's reply to that man and apply it to God. If I delivered you from a burning fire, what makes you think I'm going to drop you when I'm carrying you to safety? All of us have found ourselves in, in a troubling place from time to time. And, and then, just at that moment when we're inclined to, to give it up, to give up, God comes along with some act of hope, some act of promise. And for a while we feel renewed in our trust of God and we, we find ourselves uh, lifted up because we've seen God at work in our lives. But then as time goes by, we forget. And then we find ourselves in a difficult spot again and we see no way out. And once again, we doubt God's presence and love. And God probably wonders, when will we ever learn? God can be counted on. God keeps God's promises. And if we remember this, we will learn that the inevitable struggles that each of us experience in life will become a source of growth for us as a as our faith is stretched, as, as we learn how to trust God. God wants us to trust God. God tells us about the victory that is ours if we will just give God our cares. And I know that, you know, this is a step of faith because God rarely gives us the details of the process involved to get us to that victory. That's what faith is about. We don't know how it's going to come about. But what God wants for us is for us to trust in God. 
As Superman said to that person that he was carrying, if I delivered you from the burning fire, what makes you think I'm going to drop you when I'm carrying you to safety? My friends, Abram's faith was fragile. But listen to this. God's promises are true. And we need to remember that. Like Abram, we don't always see how God will work things out for us. Abram was approaching old age. No, he wasn't approaching old age. He was old. (laughs) He was already old. He was old. And his wife was old. And they were getting older by the day. And they didn't see how this would be possible for them to have an heir of their own. But one day, God did deliver on that promise. Because you see, God always delivers on God's promises. And they did have that air. Pastor Ray Stedman once told about a friend of his named Mark from another country who along with his wife were, were going through some hard times. The, his wife had struggled for years with a, a severe physical problems related to asthma and bronchitis. And they longed to go back to their their home country, but her sickness kept getting in the way. And then one day, Stedman reminded Mark of the time that Jesus stilled the, the storm on the Sea of Galilee. And then Stedman summed up the story by saying this. Remember this, Mark. The boat will not sink, and the storm will not last forever. That is what having faith is all about, he said, to remember those facts. The boat will not sink, and the storm will not last forever. Well, Mark thanked Ray, and they prayed together, and Mark left. And then Stedman didn't see him again for a couple of months, and they ran into each other, and Stedman asked, How are you doing? How's your wife? And Mark said, "Eh, Not much better. She's still having terrible struggles. She can't breathe. She can't take care of the children. Can't take care of the house. We can't can't work. We're having a hard time. But, but I do remember those two things that you told me. The boat will not sink, and the storm will not last forever. And so Pastor Stedman prayed with Mark again, and and then sometime later Stedman received a note from Mark saying that they had returned home to their home country where they had found the answer to his wife's problems. A doctor had discovered a minor deficiency in his wife's diet, which needed to be remedied. And when that was done, her asthma and her bronchitis disappeared, and she returned to, to glorious, radiant health. And at the bottom of that note, Mark wrote this, The boat will not sink, and the storm will not last forever. My friends, I hope that you and I will, will remember those helpful words when the world seems to be caving in around us. Earlier in Abram's life, God had promised that he would be the father of a great nation. But as the years had passed by, he was having a hard time holding on to that promise. And you and I may be able to relate to that. There come those times in our lives when we too have a hard time holding on to the promises that God makes to us. But God does not fail. 
We may not see how God's plan will unfold, but God will never fail us. If I delivered you from the burning fire, what makes you think I'm going to drop you when I'm carrying you to safety? The boat will not sink, and the storm will not last forever. But there's one more statement of faith that I'd like for you to hold on to today. When James Hewitt was a small boy growing up in, in Pennsylvania, his family would go, uh, go visit his grandparents often, almost every week, who lived about nine miles away. And one night while visiting with the grandparents, a thick fog rolled in and settled over the hilly countryside before they, they started home. And Hewitt remembers, as they started home, being terrified. And he asked his parents if they, if they shouldn't be driving a little slower. <laughs> you know, as they topped those, those hills and rounded those curves, they couldn't see just a, a few feet in front of, in front of them. And his mother gently said, don't worry, your father knows the way. You see, Hewitt recalls, Dad had walked that road when there was no gasoline during the war. And Dad had written, ridden that blacktop on his bicycle to court his mom. And for years he had made these weekly visits to, to his own parents' house, so his father knew the way. And could practically do it blindfolded. Then James said, How often when I can't see the road of life and have felt that familiar panic rising in my heart, I have heard the echo of my mother's voice. Don't worry, son. Your father knows the way. I think that's a pretty good lesson for each of us as well. When life seems dark and we don't see any possible way forward, remember, our Heavenly Father knows the way. We can trust in God because God will never fail us. But there's one final thing that we need to say today, and it's, um, it's one of the foundations of this series of messages that I'm preaching during Lent. And it is that we should not forget that the ultimate outcome of life's difficulties is not to bring us defeat, but rather it is to make us strong. That is a truth that we are emphasizing during our Lenten journey this year. God wants us to grow, to grow strong in our mental and in our emotional and in our spiritual lives. And so God has placed us in a world that tests us from time to time. But those tests are not designed to bring us defeat. Instead, they are designed to make us stronger. God established a covenant with Abram. He had him look up at, up at the stars and said, Look at the sky and count the stars if you can. And then he said, So shall your offspring be. God kept God's promise to Abraham, even though Abram could see no possible way for that to happen. So here's the question for you today. What promise has God made to you? There are some promises that God has made to all of us. The promise to be with us through all of life's journey, through the good times and the bad. The promise to, that 
to, to never forget us nor forsake us, the promise to receive us into our heavenly home when we are finished with this journey on earth. My friends, you can take God at God's word. God has established a covenant with you, just as God did with Abram. And so remember that covenant when you face the challenges of life. And hold on to God's promises. Don't lose faith. If it helps, hold on to those three simple phrases. If I delivered you from a burning fire, what makes you think I'm going to drop you when I'm carrying you to safety? The boat will not sink. The storm will not last forever. And your Father knows the way. Or even better, remember God's words to Abram. Look up at the sky and count the stars. So shall your offspring be. God always keeps God's promises. God is always faithful. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us sing our closing hymn, number 486, Lord, Here Am I. That was a a statement of faith in and of itself. This is, I think, taken from uh, Isaiah's call to the prophecy when when God, um, God said, Who shall we send? And he said, Here am I. Send me. This is a step of faith. And Isaiah didn't know what direction God was going to lead him, but he knew that he could trust God. And I hope that that's what we will feel and believe as we sing this song. Lord, here am I. And I hope this will be a prayer of our hearts as we recognize that we may not know what direction God's going to take us, but we can trust God to be with us and to walk with us along the way. Let us sing together. Lord, here am I.
have professed our faith here in the presence of brothers and sisters. We have offered both ourselves and our possessions as gifts to our God. We have received from the Lord's hand bountiful mercy and grace. And so let us go forth from here to continue this cycle of giving and receiving as we celebrate and live each day in the faith that we have professed here today. May our hearts and voices be continually before the Lord, and may we dwell in the shelter of the Almighty and walk in God's promises to each of us with joy. Amen.